so good to be here with you all again, to open up God's word together to worship the Lord in, in song, in, in prayer, in the preaching of the word. We turn now to the preaching of the word as we do each week. But before we do, would you pray with me as we go before God asking him for help for what only he can do as he ministers to us through his holy and inspired word. Pray with me, church, once again. Our Father and our God, we come before you here hungry for your word because we know as your word reveals to us that we don't just live on bread alone. We don't just live on our daily food intake, but we also live and we're desperate for our regular Bible intake as well. Would you open up your word to us today? Encourage us in this new year. Encourage us with truths that transform. Would you work in each of our hearts, pointing us to what you really care about and helping us, helping us in the life that we live to live for you. Work in ways that only you know how to work, only you could work up in us, not that we can do, not that this message can do, not that anything that I could do in communicating as a preacher, but what you can do with the truths of your word as they're applied to each and every individual heart in this room. Would you work in these ways? We ask for your help in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week... We gathered on Christmas Day to worship the Lord. This week, of course, we're not only gathering on the first day of the week, as always we do, the Lord's Day, Sunday, but also the first day of the year, on the first day of the week. Happy New Year. Many of you look a little tired, like I'm feeling a little bit, because on New Year's Eve to New Year's Day, you know how that goes. Oh, my poor kids were up way too late last night. Oh, and you can see it in our tired eyes. But Happy New Year, church. Maybe you've had a moment with your spouse or a moment kind of with yourself thinking about things like I did with my wife, Stacy, this past week. We sat down together, you know, had an important conversation, looking forward to a new year, a fresh start, making new goals. Goals about our marriage, goals about our children, goals about our work and church and things of that nature. There's just something about a new year that triggers in us hearts to examine our lives and make goals or resolutions, right? Built in for us, another new year, another fresh year. I figured why not make some goals and resolutions in our lives as it relates to the church as well. That's what we're going to be doing this morning. Let's, let's start the year off focusing on what God has called us to do as a church, to prioritize as a church. When you came in today, you received, hopefully, um, an FBC Gallatin year-end pastor's report for 2022. For the few of you who were there with us at our evening business meeting or members meeting in December, you know I went through that report with you, and I'm not going to go through that report again today. I've given it to everybody else to be able to read, or you could just watch 
that, that report um, online and hopefully be edified as you look back at what the Lord has done. And I'm just going to quickly point out those 10 aspects of our church that you could read in more detail later um, and get caught up with going forward. And, and here they are. Uh, the word was preached. People were discipled. People were counseled. Pastors led. Deacons served. Trustees fixed and maintained. Music ministry led through song. The congregation supported in gospel-motivated giving, as we just saw today. Fellowship was cultivated, and people were cared for and served. You can read that report later. Um, We're going to follow things in terms of our sermon today loosely as it relates to that, just kind of hitting at a different angle uh, because, of course, you know, goals and resolutions are are kind of a preview of a year ahead. That that report is kind of a looking back at the year behind. We're going to move forward focusing on things for this upcoming year as a church. Uh, And we're going to do this quickly because there's 10 goals here. So here goes. Bear with me. Uh, And uh, goal number one, let's think about the word. How are we as Christians and as a church going to relate to the word this year? 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 2 says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. If you read the report or if you see there on the report, this is the longest section for a reason. Because the preaching of the word, you see, is central for all local churches. If you're visiting today and you're involved in local churches, hopefully your church is taking up the proclamation of the word each and every Lord Day. Every church should be prioritizing word ministry. A church that neglects the preaching and substitutes it for something else, or a church that doesn't put forward the word in its true accuracy and and fullness, doesn't prioritize word ministry, that kind of a church describes a church that has fallen away from what God expects it to be doing and pursuing. But there was a lot of preaching and teaching that happened in 2022 in various services, as you could see in the report, from morning worship to evening prayer service and to evening monthly business meetings or members meetings to our youth ministry, to our pioneer clubs ministry, and to Sunday school ministries. A lot of teaching and preaching going on in this past year. There's going to be a lot of teaching In 2023, that must be the case. But for us to grow as a church in the word, we must all be involved more than it just merely happening at our church. Oh, it happens. Well, the fact that it happens is a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. But we're all involved in this whole area of growing in the word. Not just those who preach and teach, but also those who listen, who are listening to the word. You're here with us. You're listening to the, to the word preached. You see, there's a major difference between those who might listen or read the word to simply just check it off from their box for the week. There's a difference between that just show up and do it just because it's what their family expects of them or what they've always done. 
There's a difference between that, just kind of just being there. And those who come hungry to hear and feed on the word of God. As we considered even at our opening prayer, Jesus told us we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the word of God. This is our sustenance. If you want to grow and live spiritually, grow spiritually as a Christian, and I think every Christian does. If you're a Christian, you want to grow. Oh, you want to. You may feel like, oh, I wish I was stronger or more mature. But that's the whole point. Like, you wishing that is an evidence of God's work in your heart, dear Christian. Consider how the word does a huge work in your Christian life. Have the benefit and the goal this year, goal for you, to benefit from the word in the various preaching and teaching ministries here at FBC Gallatin. You're here for a reason. The word is proclaimed for a reason. Not just for it to happen, but for something to happen to you as you receive it. It takes, you've heard the, the, the saying, it takes two to tango. That's a well-known saying. I don't use it very often because I'm a terrible dancer. But in Baptist churches, we know that dancing is just off limits. Uh, Baptist churches, no. It takes two to tango. You know that, you know that term. Don't often use it here, but it relates to the public ministry of the word of God as well. The preacher can preach week in and week out, but if there are no hearers or listeners in the body of Christ, and if they're not engaging their hearts and minds with what's being proclaimed, then what good is preaching going to do for anyone? Might, Might as well just... Preach to nature and a rock and a tree. They're not going to respond, right? They're not persons. We are persons. We need to act like it. And if we're believers, let's be engaged in the receiving and applying and, and benefiting from the word of God. Now, we, we, we need to rely upon the Holy Spirit and all these things. And the Spirit alone can work these things to open our eyes and move in our hearts. We can't manufacture that on our own works or power. But... Every believer has the responsibility to engage with the word of God as well. And Christians actively seeking to consume the word in a variety of settings is good for us and it's for our growth. So let's get this new year started with this worthy goal to start us off here in these church goals. This leads us to goal number two, discipleship. Matthew 28 and verse 18, great commission. We know this one, but let's see it again. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Another one of our commitments here, we, we saw even if you look in our bulletin, we've got these centered commitments, expository preaching, preaching we saw before. Another one is intentional discipleship. That is a goal for us also for an important reason because the Great Commission requires that we not only make disciples but also grow as disciples ourselves and and seek to help others grow to follow Jesus and to be more and more like Jesus as well. You saw it right there in the Great Commission teaching them all that Jesus 
commanded. That's a lifelong task, isn't it? It doesn't happen overnight. We would be here for a long time if we tried to do that all in one setting. We just couldn't. Think of the kids at the table when the timer starts. You won't get up until the meal is eaten. Every last bite. Now, sometimes that could seem like forever. We've been there. Parents, you know this. It could seem like forever. But imagine if you came to church with the requirement each and every week to learn everything that Jesus commanded, even on any given week. It's too much. There's too much there. We'd be here forever because Jesus' teaching and direction for us in his word, it never, ever runs out. And that's the point, isn't it? That's the point. But we don't have to stay at the table, so to speak, or the church building indefinitely until we get it all in one sitting. No, but we're going to continue to come and continue to live out our daily lives, learning and obeying Jesus is teaching and applying all that Jesus has taught and said. That's our whole lives. This is Christian discipleship. Week in and week out. Day in and day out. And if we don't know what Jesus said and commanded, we better be about hearing it and learning it and reading it. Not just in public proclamation ministry, but also in one-on-one interactions and smaller group discussions and settings and in our homes with our families or our personal daily Bible reading. If, if you read our January newsletter that just came out today, January 1st here, uh, you will see me once again encouraging us in daily Bible reading. I've been doing that ever since I came here. In fact, even before I came here. In January 2020, it was my first day. I had written a newsletter in December of 2019 before I started pointing us towards the regular intake of the Word of God. Now going into 2023, What do we see in our January newsletter? Once again, the fourth year in a row since I've been here. Read the word. Take in scripture. It's for our growth and upbuilding. It's profitable for us. We need it. We won't live without it. Continue to engage in that. It's how we grow as Christian disciples. It's one very important way that we grow in our discipleship. Commit to prioritizing it this next year. If you, if you aren't now, commit to prioritizing some kind of scripture reading. The church is going through, many of us are going through a, a daily reading plan. You can do that. You can add it on your apps. You know, you could even listen audibly to it if you're not a big reader, or you can read it, keep track on a phone app or on an iPad or on a computer, you version. Many of us are on that. It's great to be able to like, Social media Bible reading. That's a wonderful thing in in the day and age that we live in. We could see what people are highlighting. We could uh, be encouraged by how people are engaging in the Word. We can discuss the Word of God together and and in some way engage in the Word in a variety of ways. Or do other things for your growth and discipleship. Maybe sign up for a table talks this next year to, to engage with important Christian resources and think through and discuss with other believers. Or Maybe plan to come to church more often. Prioritize. I, I need it. It's not about like, oh, should I go or should I not? Like, I, I need it. It's good for my upbuilding. I need the word. I need to grow. If I don't grow, I'm going to shrink, shrink, shrink as the kid's song goes. Be intentional about engaging with other people to help them as well. Maybe have people over to lunch or, or dinner or go out to a meal together. Talk about the things of God. This is good for our discipleship. 
helping other people grow. And maybe devote yourself to leading your family in, in devotions throughout the year by God's grace and God's help for their good. Pray with your spouse. Daily engage in his word and pray before the Lord. We want to be seeking about growing ourselves and other people growing as well. It's something, in fact, that each member of our church has as a responsibility that we would be caring for each other's discipleship. We're not Lone Ranger Christians, but we care for each other's discipleship. That's why in our membership vows, we, we agree to help out this new member in their pursuit to follow Jesus, even as these new members agree to help the rest of the congregation to follow Jesus. Discipleship is an important. Make this a goal and a principle in 2023. Let's, let's get after that. It's an important thing. This leads us to our third goal and number three, counsel. Acts 20.20 says, How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. You see that? Paul was not only about public preaching and teaching, though, of course, he did a lot of that, and he encouraged that. It was so important. But he also engaged people in other settings to teach and counsel and minister the word of God in a personal and direct fashion as well. House to house, it, it says in that passage. The ministry of the word in that way is all over the scriptures, not just the preaching, but also care, counsel, direction, wisdom, being there for one another as Christians. I can say from the pulpit that God has sent his son for those who believe in him. I can preach that. And didn't I pre- Last couple of weeks, Christmas season, that was preached. It was there. He sent his son His son went willingly, died on a cross for sinners so that we might trust in him. And if we trust in him, we have forgiveness of sins because Jesus died as a substitute on the cross for guilty sinners and our only hope of salvation is through Jesus. And I can preach that. God so loved the world as we saw last week. And I will preach that. But it's another thing to sit with someone who's suffering or someone who's struggling with sin or someone who's discouraged and anxious. To, to put forward that message directly to their lives, personal life trials for people to be willing to speak with them and to care for them. It's what Christians need to be doing. We need more of that in 2023. Not less, don't we? We need more of that kind of care because there's so many needs. This isn't just for the pastors. There's many needs, too many that just a few leaders in a church could ever take up. God has provided, thankfully, Many, many Christians all over the world. But sadly, not all Christians have it on their radar to help hurting people do that. We saw even this past year in our sermon series, Downcast, dealing with depression and anxiety and despair and struggle. We saw the importance to be able to help hurting people. The word puts that forward as kind of the culture of the local church. We ought to be doing that. That should be on our radars as Christians, we need to be seeking that. We need to be seeking help from others in that. You see, it's a two-way street. We all help one another out in these ways. We need to be putting our priorities in the right places and seeing that it's not just everybody else's responsibility to help that hurting person, but it's your responsibility as well. Don't, Don't put it off to others. Think of how you might be able to care and love and pray with and encourage hurting people this next year with the word of God. Just maybe 
You can be someone who adds care alongside everybody else. It's not all on you, but on alongside everyone else to, to make a real impact in that person's life. When someone comes to you here this next year, despite what you did this past year in 2022, maybe your child comes to you, or your coworker, or fellow church member, are your words to them seasoned with biblical encouragement and truth? Or do you just kind of shoot from the hip and give your own opinions and feelings and thoughts and kind of whatever feels, sounds good to you that day? Here's the thing. All of these things go hand in hand, as we've seen, even in our other goals. If we're growing in the word and in personal Christian discipleship, we will be more equipped to give healthy biblical counsel to those who are around us. And if we aren't, what in the world are we going to say to them? What will we say? Do you want to be the guy or gal who others come to in order to get their gossip fixing this next year? To hear complaints and criticisms galore? Oh my, lions and tigers and bears, complaints and criticisms and gossip. Oh my, do, we, do you want to be that person who's receiving that or, or giving that? Both are wrong, both are bad. Do you want to be that kind of person or do you want to be known for the kind of person who will give sound counsel from the word of God and redirect that kind of speech and point forward towards encouraging biblical solutions to the problems people face in this world? What kind of Christian do you want to be in 2023? Don't be the former. Don't be the gossip. Don't give bad advice or your own opinions. Rather, be a growing, faithful Christian pointing others towards what God wants us to be doing, glorifying him for their good. That's the goal that we can all grow in, amen? That's a lifelong goal to be growing in. None of us have arrived in that. And number four, goal number four, moving on, shepherd. See it in Acts chapter 20, 28. Pay attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Now, this point might seem a little odd to everyone because this is literally talking about pastors, shepherds, pastors of a church. We're to lead the flock as pastors, Pastor Wood and myself, to shepherd the sheep, to care for souls under our care, members of this church. And Pastor Wood and I have this great responsibility to do just that, and it's a weighty task. Let me tell you, you know that. We're so happy to do it because God's called us to this wonderful work that we love to do, but If God has set up the church with pastors in it, and he has, then members of the church are also involved in this whole dynamic because just as it takes two to tango when it comes to preaching, that's the same when it comes to pastor shepherding and members or sheep being cared for and tended to. If you're a member of our church, recognize that God has given you pastors to help shepherd you in life. Not that we are as pastors called to do everything for you, make every decision. No, that's... That's not how it works. That's like a cult. No, that's not. We lead and shepherd and guide and point towards the scriptures. That's what pastors are called to do. Spiritual guides to believers at our church. This is a blessing from God, but let's see it. Let's recognize it. The Lord thought this up. We didn't make this up. Pastor Wood and I are here for you. We want to provide counsel and care and prayer and teaching. It's what we do. And you could see a lot of that in that report that you're taking home Today, 
And hopefully you've experienced some of that also from us. We want to do more of that. And we want to grow as pastors, of course, to shepherd and lead faithfully. And I think members of our church can also seek to grow as sheep of the flock in both how they interact with one another as sheep, but then also how they might hear or listen to the word of God from the ministers of the word of God, so long as they're giving you the truthful word of God. And if that's there, grow from it, be benefited from it, hear it, be encouraged by it. If it's not there, we don't want you to listen to a word that we say. But this is a big, important part of our church, and it's going to be, it has in the past, it's going to be into the future. Let's benefit from these things in this next year. And this leads us to number five, serve. See with me in your Bibles at First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Now, just like I had mentioned in the last point, this also seems pretty narrow because not all of us here are deacons. Only some are recognized as deacons in every single church, and that's, that's how God has intended it. But just like our last point, Church members relate to pastors as they live the Christian life. They also can relate and benefit from deacons in our church as well. Deacons are are here to serve. It's literally what that word means. And the passage we just read specifies that their serving well is actually grounds for their good reputation before the church and confidence in their mature Relationship and faith in Jesus Christ. It's right there in that passage. And I'm so glad that the Lord has provided us deacons at this church. Just like I'm glad that the Lord has provided us pastors as well. Two offices of our church. These are gifts and blessings from God to our church. And we want to encourage, just as I mentioned, that Wood and I are encouraged to be growing as pastors. We want to encourage all of our deacons to be growing in their serving as well and caring for these practical needs for the flock. And our deacons do serve and our gifts in that way, but this relationship is also a two-way street with, with two needed to tango, so to speak, because if they don't know your potential needs, it is impossible for them to serve you and to serve us without having knowledge of that. So I want us to make this next year a year where we might let others in and know about ways that we can help and serve. We don't want to keep these things to ourselves. There's just too much going on in this fallen world to be alone in this. This is what the body of Christ is about. Now, we all want to serve, and we're going to see that later as members of the church and Christians. But the scripture reveals that in the local church, this ministry of service is coordinated out by the deacons. And so our deacons are there as a gift and in office in order to help serve these practical needs of the body. So let them know needs so that we can serve you as a church. This leads us to goal number six, maintain. <laughs> Nehemiah 4, 6 says, so we built the wall and the, and the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. When I did the pastor's report, I had a hard time trying to figure out a good verse that would relate to this kind of thing, this, this reality. And, and this also is kind of a specific ministry of our church, right? Um, because it's ministry related to trustees and things that happen and 
things that are taken care of and fixed and things of that nature. It's pretty specific. Uh, And we're so thankful for all their practical work of these gifted members who devote themselves in order to maintain church grounds where we may gather. We want to encourage that ministry of our trustees in that important work, but we also want to encourage all other members who are involved in a variety of practical ways in this as well. I think of our custodian or the various members who help out to maintain a place week in and week out. We have people setting up chairs and and, and seats for Pioneer Club every week and tearing things down and, and people engaged in a variety of ways using their gifts to practically care and maintain the, our, our church location. It may not seem very spiritual. You could be like, well, this doesn't seem like a very spiritual goal to care about these types of things and to engage in these things. But practically speaking, these are so very important in our church because if we as members of our church don't take care of some of these things, who else will? I mean, like, this is something that we could use our gifts and people use their gifts in order to, to bless the whole body and anybody who comes through these doors. Praise God for the provisions of many able hands in this church and willing hearts to serve in various ways to maintain practical needs of our church. And this leads us quite naturally on uh, to other needs. And point number seven, support um, these kind of connect in that way. Let's see in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And for those who might be following along in the report, yeah, I know 7 and 8 are kind of swapped here, but as I was thinking through this sermon, at second glance of these things, these went together better in this order um, because members of our church support the ministry of our church through gospel-motivated giving, and each and every member is vital in that reality. It's true in years past. It's true in years ahead. So as we need people to step in and practical needs to maintain the, the building in different ways, we also need every one of our members to be supporting the ministry of First Baptist Church of Gallatin with their time and talents and treasures, as we can see from God's word as it puts forward. The Christian life is not passive but active. It's not just sign up and never show up, but it's being involved and engaging and participating, supporting. Our church has been so generous in this, just as you can see from the report, you could practically observe this. If you come to business meetings, members meetings, you can see every week on our bulletin, you could see uh, budget needs and you can see what's been given financially to, to support the ministry of the church and, and kind of what's coming ahead. Our church has been giving faithfully, generously. At our members meeting, we had, we had a, a, a smaller group there, but I, I was encouraging our church. We, we're doing this well through the pandemic to, the, to this day, we've been doing this well. Historically, as a church, how do I know that? Because the church is, is, is building us here. Things are covered. There's employees that are being helped and supported. There's ministry going out and people and missionaries being supported and money going out to, to, to Lottie Moon and, and money going out to Annie Armstrong and Missouri Missions Offering and money going out to missionary and people being sent like Sam and his family. Or We, we see this happening. We're doing good. Good. This is just a call and an encouragement going forward to keep on doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good, as Galatians reveals. Be motivated by the gospel. Look, unbelievers are not transformed by the gospel in their hearts, 
and therefore will not have hearts that are generous to pour out their life and even a portion of their money for the gospel because they are not transformed by the gospel. Not interested in unbelieving giving. I mean, it's Christians that, that are to give. You see, in the, in the Second Corinthians passage, it's, it's those who are from the heart inclined to give by the gospel. It's gospel-motivated giving for a reason. Not works-based, legalistic, twist your arm, oh, I've got to do this again, kind of grudge, kind of drudgery-type giving, but giving that flows out of a generous heart and thanksgiving to God and all that he has done for you in Christ Jesus. He's done so much that we don't ever deserve. We respond to that gospel to support his gospel work throughout the world. Jesus gave us everything. He poured his life out for us. Christians are then, just even in part, pouring our lights out in response to God in generosity to support the ministry of the local church that they belong to. In the New Testament, Christians were meeting needs that they became aware of. We, as Christians here at FBC Gallatin, should have hearts to meet needs at our church and beyond as well as God leads each of us motivated by the gospel. And this one doesn't just take two to tango, but every single member of our church, little by little, using each of our collective gifts and resources to support together the practical needs of this church. It's not all on one person, but each member of our church. Every believer deciding in their hearts to give as God leads to support the ministry here in this church. Let's continue to grow in this. Great job, church, in this. Praise God, you've been faithful. Let's continue in that. Let's, let's have a vision for that. Let's care about that. Let's make that a goal into this next year. And number eight, goal number eight, sing, sing. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. If you look at the report here, you will see a lot of good and edifying ministry done by those who lead us and who led us week by week throughout the year in all the various ways. And I want you to be thankful to God for all those who help and participate in that ministry throughout the year from our cantatas and to our morning worship services to special other concerts and things with our association and with the Ministerial Alliance. And there's so much good ministry in this. But let me encourage you, church, they are not able to do all the singing themselves. Congregational singing in local church worship takes the whole church body. So if we're going to improve in our singing together in 2023, we must see it all as our jobs, even, responsibilities as members of this church to actually be participating in this together. The worship time through song during our service is not a time for us to simply check out and kind of see it as a lesser thing or something. Not not a passing thing that we do. But we must sing all together because we encourage one another and are edified, not just in listening as if we're at a concert, but also singing to each other 
in order to reflect biblical truths and thankful hearts to God. If you're not thankful to God, don't sing. But if you're thankful to God, show up and sing. If you don't want to encourage the body, don't sing. But if you want to be encouraging to your brothers and sisters at this church, show up and sing. Prioritize it in this next year. God is glorified when the collective voice of the congregation sings together. Sometimes we could take it for granted. It may seem mundane to some. Maybe like the singing portions of the service is not that important. Or maybe it's just a filler in the service. Now, I don't know where you're at and how you view things. And I don't know how you think of congregational worship. And, and I hope you don't think of that, about that way. But I know human nature. And I realize that we can fall into ruts when it comes to really important things. So just as some can neglect the ministry of the preached word and can simply tune out, lose interest. Maybe you're doing that right now. I don't know. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying so that's, that's a stereotypical thing. Some people could neglect and not prioritize the preaching of the word. They, they don't think it's that important to them. They could yawn and lose interest. Some can also, in a similar way, neglect the ministry of the sung word as well And we don't want either of those things happening at this church. As your pastor, I'm trying to shepherd and lead and point you to a biblical worldview. Those other things are unbiblical worldviews. You don't think it's important to sing together. That's just because you're not paying attention to what the scripture points for. The scripture we just read points for that this is important to us. If you don't think the preaching of the word is important, okay, okay, you're you're letting the the culture and the world and your own opinions and your own uh, thoughts about what's really important in life set the stage instead of letting God set the stage. If God set the stage, these things would matter. And I know that it matters still a lot. But I want to remind you again to let it continue to matter to every single one of us. Let's lift up our collective voices. Even today, as we respond in song, collective voices to sing together to the glory of God and the encouragement of the saints here at First Baptist Church. And this leads us to goal number nine, in fellowship. First John chapter 1 and verse 3 says this. That which we have, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Certainly, our singing together plays a role in this fellowship, just as our hearing the word together during preaching also unites us together in faith. And even as we look at and and practice in our monthly uh, time of communion and the Lord's Supper that we'll participate in next week. The partaking of communion together as a church family as we remember the gospel together with joy. This is a uniting thing in terms of our fellowship. It's good for us in our growth and, and kind of knitting us together. But as you can see from the report here in this point, we have many other opportunities throughout the years to eat meals together and to go to certain events together and spend good time at picnics and different concerts and different things and where fellowship and friendship and connected gospel, connected relationships are built up throughout the year together as believers as we gather for things like this. I want us to be intentional in all areas of our church life to consciously, each of us, to seek to connect with other believers here at this church as we share in the union of Christ as blood-bought children of God adopted into his family, brothers and sisters in Christ. As we're on our way to the celestial city, as Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress so helpfully puts it. Does that 
One of your goals this year. It should be if not. We're going to spend eternity with each other. We better get used to intentionally seeking out every opportunity we can to cultivate, cultivate sweet times here on earth with the saints of fellowship to encourage one another because we need each other in that, in the faith, to build each other up, to be united together here, membership of this church. Look, we cannot love everyone all over the world or every Christian practically all over the world. It's impossible. We don't even know them. We can't do that. There are too many people, not enough of us. We could only do so much ourselves. But I do know a group of people right here in Gallatin, church, that you can love and connect with and be there for and encourage right here in our church. Live out the one another's of Scripture. Let's cultivate more of that fellowship this next year. Amen? This leads us to our last goal and number 10. Care. It's related to this. Care. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. The kind of fellowship in Christ we talked about in our last point relates to this and flows into a kind of family care and service we see in this final point. And once again, there are many ways that we are caring and serving as outlined in our pastor's year in report, but none of that happens, you hear this, if we don't have humble Christians seeking to do good to one another throughout the year. It just all ends. There's, there's no care. There's no family love. There's no church members being there for each other, caring for each other, connecting with each other, providing a meal for those in need, praying for, visiting, engaging, loving. There's none of that happens if humble Christian hearts are not compelled to do this out of their love for Jesus. Really, it takes all of us as a church to tango here, church. Now, it would be really funny to see a whole church, a whole group of us try to do this really dramatic tango dance together. (laughs) It wouldn't work. That's where the analogy breaks down, of course. But really, the church is a team, and maybe the better analogy is that, you know, there's no I in team, as we know. But, but you see, you get the point here, right? We all serve and care, or else there are needs all over the place that will be unmet because no one committee or no one church member or, or no pastors or deacons alone could do these things. Whoever you are, not, it's not just one. We can't do this all ourselves. We can't. Each member as Ephesians 4 points forward, must use his or her gifts and actually show up to do something for God's glory to help someone else. Every one of us. Whether you're at this church or at another church, it's needed at the other churches, it's needed at this church. Lean into that responsibility. This is also our job as church members. We don't use our gifts and serve God through osmosis, just kind of automatically, just kind of happens. But by actively using the gifts that God has given us to serve people in this church and in this community. Make it your goal. Make it your aim. Make it our aim and resolutions to care for each other as Christians. And for the needs of those around us. We talk about gospel motivated giving, don't we? Every single week. 
But it's also gospel-motivated service and gospel-motivated care and gospel-motivated singing and gospel-motivated preaching and gospel-motivated discipleship and gospel-motivated everything for that matter. So as you have those conversations about a new, fresh year with your family or as you think about them and pray before the Lord, make these commitments. Why not add these centered church goals or commitments as well to your list of things you want to change and improve in 2023 why not jot these down these 10 areas down put them in your bible for reminders throughout the year to glorify god in all areas of your life including this local church that god has put you in let's pray father we are just so thankful that you give us directions in your word and you don't just leave us to figure it out on our own we don't have to just guess what you care about we don't have to just guess what glorifies you We don't have to guess what we should be doing, but your word points us to it. Help us all to be motivated and encouraged and resolute even. To be motivated by these things to action, to live in different ways, so that our church might grow deep, spiritually, mature, useful, helpful, a blessing, salt and light, gospel, fishermen and women. The harvest we see is plentiful. The workers are few. So we see, Lord, our need for you to work and move in these ways. Help us. Oh, help us to grow. We need you in these things. We can't do it alone. We're desperate for you to help. Lord, move in each and every believer here in this room. Cause us to live differently than we did this past year for your glory and for the good of all the peoples. We say this in Jesus' name.